than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Look out, Captain. A nuclear missile, guided by a blind man in a wheelchair. We're going to die. Relax. It's just the typical confusion podcast hosted by Jim Holiday. Oh my god, he's so sexy and cute. Come to me, Jimmy. Radio Classics. No television set that's made, no screen that you can find can compare with that of radio, the theater of the mind. And now, the typical Confusion Podcast presents another radio classic. Sunrise and sunset, promise and fulfillment, birth and death. The whole drama of life is written in the sands of time. We present a new series of radio programs, The Clock. It's nice to have friends, and I can count quite a few of my own. Most people consider me to be a very good fellow to know. Well, if you'll pardon a bit of boasting on my part. They find that their time is enjoyable, and the minutes and hours of their lives are valuable things indeed. To these people, working towards an end for themselves and their families, time provides them with the opportunity to relax, to do a job and to build for the future. Yes, I count myself lucky to have so many friends. But I also have some enemies. Who are my enemies? I'll tell you who they are. They're the inmates of prisons throughout the world. They're the misfits and the socially outcast. Many of them can be reclaimed. Many of them serve out their terms, pay their debt to society, and later begin anew. But there are a few, a very few, who will never change. These are the hardened types. The killers to whom human life is cheap. These are the ones who watch my hands as they slowly turn year after year, who watch my face knowing that for them, time has no rewards. These are the ones, my friends, who hate me and who despise the world. Wait. You got the rods? Here's yours. Stick it under your shirt, quick. Uh-huh. Duke slipped them to me about an hour ago. We're going into the yard. The Duke's all right. He comes along. He gave me the dope in the hash house. We go east to the river, then we cut across to the bay. We hide out on the beach, and Joe pick us up there on the fast boat. I got it. When do we make the break? Now. Now? Yeah. All I was waiting for was to get my fingers on a rod. But I figured that we I'm running the show, Smiley, just like I always run it. Oh, sure, sure, Red. We know. We Everything's know. worked yeah. out. We can't lose. And we can't wait. We start the panic as they start taking us back inside. I'll short-circuit the lights by firing into the switch box. We pick up the guard and march. Right. Look, Smiley, this is it. I don't want to be grabbed, see? We either get out of here on our feet, or we get carried out in a box. Understand? Yeah, and I'll do anybody who stands in our way. Okay. Set the duke off. Here comes the guard. All right, man. Time's up. I have to file back to your cells. Forward, march. 
guns on fire. Fire! 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 You want to live, screw? Why not? Start getting us out of here. You know the way in the dark. Start moving fast. I throw your head off. Smiley. I'm here, Red. Duke. Right behind you, old man. You did a nice job, screw. <laughs> you let me go now, won't you? You're free. There's the car, Red. Don't lift it like he said. Come on. Wait a minute. Where are you going, Screw? Hmm? I... Why, I, I I thought you were taking me with you. We ain't got no room. We can't take you, and we can't leave you behind. Huh? Huh? No. No! Now, let's get out of here fast. What time you got, Smiley? Ten five. Yeah, he's late. I tell you, ain't coming, Red. Look at that fog out there underwater. He couldn't find his beach if he tried. Do we come this far, then lose out? Don't irritate yourself, my boy. Joe's a man to be trusted. He'll be here. Yeah. When? When the fog lifts. Tomorrow night, perhaps. Remember what he told us. We're to keep the same rendezvous every night at this time until he shows up with the boat. And while we're waiting, what do we do? Stand here on the beach until we're spotted? I must admit we didn't allow for that contingency. Hey, Wade, look. At what? On the other side of the beach. In that cove. That's a house. You only one I can see? There you are. We can help ourselves to shelter, so to speak. How do we know who's in there? Ah, what difference does it make? We take over, that's all. Yeah, take over. Okay, come on. Let's go. them up to now. One of the most daring jailbreaks of all time. The prisoners escaped through sheer nerve, brutally killing a guard as they left. It is uncertain as to what direction they took, but all state police have been alerted. Hello, Anne. Finish work, Dad? Oh, yes. I was just getting some more news about the amazing jailbreak that happened this afternoon. Now, what did I do with my glasses? On the table, Dad. Oh, yes. It was simply fantastic. They forced a guard to lead them right out of the prison. And then they killed him. Oh, who did? Darling, don't you ever listen to anything I say? I'm sorry, my dear. What were you saying about a prison? Never mind. I can never get you to listen unless I talk about bugs and test tubes. Well, I had quite a day today in the lab. Really? I've developed a new medium for my cultures. It ought to prove extremely satisfactory. You know, darling... I'm glad we bought this old house here on the beach. Are you? Oh, it's so pleasant for you. And you're so happy here. Yes, I'm very happy, Anne. It's nice to have a laboratory right inside the house and to be free of all outside disturbances. But what about you? Are you happy here? Of course I am. You know, perhaps it was selfish of me to bring you all the way out here to this deserted spot. You're young and you want excitement and company. Oh, I get plenty of company when I go into town twice a week. Unless for excitement. I'd much rather help you win the next Nobel Prize. <laughs> Nobel Prizes aren't just given away. I've got a lot of work ahead of me. One day, Dad, you're going to be a famous man. 
<laughs> Am I? One day, when people mention the name of Dr. William Carter, they'll... Hmm. Now, who on earth can that be? I don't know. Who might be someone looking for directions? I'll see who it is. Yes? Inside. <gasps> Dad! Inside, I said! Dad! Well, what's going on here? Smiley, take a look through that door. Okay. Is this a hold-up? Not exactly, young lady. If you'd like an explanation... Shut I'll... up, Duke. Who else is in this dump outside of you two? No one. You sure? Of course I'm sure. Ah, uh, the joint's empty, Red. That's good. Take care of the phone. Dad, he, he's tearing the phone from the wall. Well, that's the smartest thing to do under the circumstances. Wait! I know who they are. They're the three escaped convicts. I remember their description on the radio. Pipe down, baby. Everything's all right, honey. Now, just keep your head. Permit me to introduce myself and my colleagues. My name is Bowen, Charles Bowen, but I'm more widely known as the Duke. This gentleman on my left is Red Fulton. You may have heard of him. He's been serving a life term for murder. You talk too much, Duke. Smiley, the gentleman on his right, is another genius at homicide. How many do you have to your credit, Smiley? <laughs> Four. Red's got me, baby. He got eight. Can't he get? Are you? Me? You got anything to eat in this dump? There's a little cold meat in the icebox. Get it out. What? I said get it out. Hey, what goes with you? Can't you hear? Go on, Anne. Prepare some sandwiches for our guests. Look, go with her. The pleasure is all mine after you, ladies. What's your name, mister? Carter. Dr. Carter. Doctor of medicine. Retired. The dame your daughter? Yes. All right. Sit down. Thank you. Look, Doc. Let me get something straight in your head before we go any further. My pals and I want it, and want it bad. This is only a stopover, as far as we know. And we'll be getting out of here tomorrow night. I see. Now, just so you remember, we got a wrap over our skulls. That means the chair if we're caught. So we ain't going to be bashful about adding a couple more to the list we already have. Do you mean you'll kill us in cold blood if it becomes necessary? You catch on fast, Doc. If you take it easy, don't try any gags. Maybe we'll walk out of here like we came in. Quiet. If not, you and your daughter better figure to get yourselves measured for a couple of kimonos. Yeah, wooden ones. I think I understand. Make sure you do, Doc. How many rooms you got in this shack? Five. Well, I only counted four, Red. Where's the last one, Doc? Downstairs, in, in the cellar. I use it as a laboratory. Let's go down and look. I, I assure you there's nothing down there, but... We'll look anyway. Go on, move. Hey, it's an open in the floor. This trapdoor leads to the cellar. There are stairs going down. Smiley, you first. The dock next. I'm last. I assure you there's nothing down here that would interest you. Then you've got nothing to worry about by showing it to us. Uh, please be careful. I have several valuable specimens in the test tubes that are important to me. What are you reaching for? The light switch, of course. Hey, wait. Get a load of this place. Yeah. What's all the glassware for, Doc? Those are flasks and test tubes. I'm a bacteriologist. Hey, what? I work with infectious diseases. I try to find vaccines that will prevent or cure them. Yeah. Does it pay off? In satisfaction, yes. Nuts. <laughs> Red, look at this. You got a rabbit in here. That's not a rabbit. It's a guinea pig. What's the idea? I use them for experiments. 
Well, he looks like he eats good. Look how fat he is, Red. Yeah. He certainly is fat. Hey, what are you doing? Don't pick him up, please. I want to try a little experiment on my arm. I want to see if he can breathe when I squeeze his neck. You're strangling him. (laughs) That's always good for a laugh. Why, you... You... You killed him. You strangled him to death. Sure. Just so you remember, Doc, there ain't no difference between his neck and yours. The ocean tides can be depended on to rise and fall according to a fixed schedule of time. But mist and fog, the soupy fog that billows in from the high seas and hovers over the beaches like a curtain of oil, that can never be relied upon to leave, and even the threats of three armed killers have no effect upon its arrival or departure. What's the matter with that fog? How many nights we got to hang up this hole? Ah, Joe won't be around tonight, Brid. I just took a look at the beach. Worse than yesterday. As Mark Twain once said, everyone talks about the weather, but no one seems to be able to do anything about it. <laughs> Shut up, Duke. The duck's downstairs. Playing with his bugs. And the dame? In the kitchen. Red, what happens when we leave? What do you mean, what happens? Joe's going to pull us off that beach in a motorboat. He takes us to a tank at 12 miles out, and we head for South America. So What? What Smiley is trying to tell you is that the plan is perfect, provided no one else is aware of it. That's what I mean. If we happen to leave anyone behind who can notify the Coast Guard, that tanker won't get very far. We ain't leaving nobody behind who can talk. Wait. Look. What are you doing in here? I I wanted to go into the laboratory. My father hasn't had his dinner yet. I'm bringing it down to him. (laughs) You sure are nice to the old man, baby. You ever like to be nice to anybody else? Take your hands off me. <laughs> Take it easy going down them steps, baby. Them pins of yours are too cute to be busted. Do you think the girl heard what we said about getting rid of them? And if she did there, so what? It ain't gonna do either of them any good. Boy, dinner. Oh, that's sweet of you, my dear. Dad, I want to tell you something. I just heard them talking upstairs. They're going to kill us before they leave, Father. They're afraid we know too much about their plans. What's going on down there? Nothing. It's sure taking a long time to park that hash. They're coming down. Don't be nervous, Anne. What are you two cooking up? Oh, we've, we've just been talking. Yeah. You spend too much time down there, Doc. I don't like it. I have work to do. That's so. Sure. You got nothing to work with now, so you got no work to do. And no reason to be down here. You shouldn't have done that. No. You'll regret it. Yeah! You're getting too smart, Doc. Next time you'll have a mouthful of teeth. Hey, Red, you got some of that stuff on your clothes. Uh, what stuff? That junk that was in them tubes. Someone spilled on me, too. Here, let me brush you. That won't do you any good. What? The bacilli in those tubes were among the most dangerous known to man. 
and they strike very quickly. Well, what, what's he talking about? Uh, I don't know. Have you ever heard of bubonic plague? Stop this, not them fancy words. Speak English. I've been working on bubonic plague for years. It's one of the most horrible diseases in creation. In a day or two, perhaps you'll begin to know what I mean. <laughs> what are you trying to do? Put a scare into us, Doc? We'll see when the time arrives. Come on, get moving. From now on, you and the dame stay inside the bedroom. And you don't come out, see? Unless you're asked. Time seems to stand still for my enemies, Red, Smiley, and Duke. But let's see what happens. The fog's still as bad as ever. There's no sign of Joe. Uh, maybe tomorrow night. Hey, Duke. Yes, old boy? You're a smart guy. Brilliant is the word. Yeah. What's a uh, bubonic plague? A disease. Uh, it ain't bad, though. Is it? My dear Red, in the Middle Ages, bubonic plague killed people like flies. It's a frightful contamination. Frightful. Why do you ask? Well, yesterday we busted up the old man's glass factory. Now, we got some stuff in our clothes, too. He said it was uh, bubonic plague. What are you looking at? A bu bubonic plague? Stop looking at me like that and talk. I, I don't know what to say. How can he have a disease cooped up in a test tube? He was lying, wasn't he? I... I don't know. If he was working with a bacilli... That's the word he used. Hey, hey, what are you moving away for? I want to sit down. Over here. Away from you. What are you sniffling about, Smiley? You've been doing that for an hour. I don't know. I, I got an itch in my nose. An itch? Yeah, and my, uh, my chest feels well, kind of funny. You mean you feel sick? Hey, wait a minute. I didn't get no disease. I'm all right. I... Keep away from me. Keep away. Duke, are you nuts? Bubonic plague. I'd rather be dead than have bubonic plague. Funny. Get the doc in here, Smiley. Come inside, doc. Why, yes. What? What is it? Now, now, listen, doc. And listen hard. Don't lie to me. Or I'll stitch your ribs with slugs. How do you know when, when you get this bubonic plague? The symptoms are very easy to recognize. Yeah? Itching nose, heaviness in the chest. That's the beginning. Red, I got it. The nose itches because the bacilli enter the body that way. Later, the pains in the chest become more painful. And circulation ceases in the extremities. Yes, the extremities. What, what, what does that mean? It means your arms and legs can, can fall off. It's a slow death. One of the most painful known to civilization. Uh, take a look at Smiley and see, see if he got it. I know he has. Oh, don't say that, Doc. But I'm looking at you now, Red. Me? Yes. Does your nose itch? No, I'm sure it does. How does your chest feel? Is it heavy? I'll kill you for it! Red, don't touch him. He may be your only chance. And yours, too. Mine? You can't help contracting the disease. Those broken test tubes have made this place a death house. What, what about you and your daughter? If we get it, you get it too. Oh, no, no. I told you I was working on it. I have found a vaccine for it. We've been injected. We're immune. Hey, can you give us an injection too? Shut up. Of course I can if you want it. You ain't giving us nothing. Now get back into that room. All right. Just as you say. 
Look, Rad, you've got to be reasonable. He's lying. He's trying to scare us. When Joe shows up, I'll knock the two of them off myself. He can't scare me, not Red Fulton. I'm tough, see? I'm as hard as nails. And I'm top man around here, understand? We'll be, we'll be finished in a couple of days if the, the doc don't help us. Call him in, Red. Shut up. <laughs> it's two to one. You don't have to take the injection if you don't want to. But we will. Yeah, we have. I, I have the hypodermics ready, gentlemen. <laughs> if you've stopped bickering and you want to live, I can give you the vaccine. I'm ready, Doc. All right, roll up your sleeves. So am I. Well, Red... <laughs> Will it hurt? Not very much. Mm. Just a pinprick. Mm. Which sleeve should I roll? Either one will do. Just hold steady. It'll all be over in a moment. Hey. There. Me next, Doc. All right. I, I... There. And you? If you please, Doctor. All right. There we are. I haven't poisoned you, if that's what you're afraid of. I suggest you all sit down now and relax to give the solution a chance to go through your bodies. <laughs> you know, I feel better already. So, so do I. <laughs> the pain in my chest is gone away. It'll be completely gone in just a moment, Red. Oh, gee. See, that's funny. I feel... Tired? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Tom. Hey. You ain't kidding, I... I can hardly keep my... Wait, wait a minute. He's asleep, Red. And the Duke will be with him in just a second. Asleep? Hey, where, where did my, my rod... Where's my... You'd be too weak even to lift it, Red. Just relax and go to sleep. Father! Father! It's all right, Anne. Everything's fine. They're all fast asleep. Yes. Morphine, my dear, is a wonderful thing. Don't you think? Well, Doc, I've got to hand it to you. Officer, I trust my recent guests are safely behind bars where they belong. They're our guests now, but it's only temporary. They're getting the chair for the murder of that guard. And what about their accomplice, the man with the boat? He showed up just as you said he would. It'll be a long time before he goes for a boat ride again. Huh. Well, that seems to conclude just about everything. Um, there's uh, only one thing we can't figure out, Doc. What's that? Red and Smiley kept saying something about bubonic plague. They were scared stiff when they woke up in the squad car. And the other one, the Duke... He kept complaining about an itchy nose and a pain in his chest. Oh, yes, yes. You see, they smashed some of my equipment. And there were certain viruses in some of the test tubes. Bubonic plague? Oh, no, no, not bubonic plague. I'm working on something else. They they kept saying you didn't cure them. They, they said you didn't do them any good. I'm afraid they're right. <laughs> you see, I've been working on it for a long time, officer... But so far, I've still been unable to find a cure for the common cold. 
Yes, I find I have many friends, like Dr. Carter, for instance. In his own quiet way, he makes good use of time. And as for my enemies, well, surprisingly enough, I know of three in particular who have lately become my friends. They are watching the clock now with eager concentration and hope. They are watching for a reprieve which will never come and which they don't deserve. I can bring them no reprieve, my friends, for that is beyond my power. But as my hands go round and the seconds tick slowly off, sooner or later I will be able to bring them justice. The clock will be heard again next week, same time, same station. This program was written by Lawrence Clee and starred Hart McGuire as the clock. Also heard were Frank Waters as Red, Beryl Marshall as Anne, Ozzie Wenburn as Smiley, Leonard Bullen as Dr. Carter, together with Gordon Chater and Gordon Glenwright. The Clock, directed by John Saul, is a Grace Gibson radio production. <laughs> <laughs>